everybody you know what time it is you know what time it is you know what time it is it's real vile time babies that's right we're back and it's 2024 this is our first show of the year we're gonna kick it off with a wrap-up of some of our favorite films of 2023 it's gonna be a countdown like a countdown everybody loves a countdown E to the R to the M. The T stands for the, but you already knew that. We're about to rip it up in a modern way, so it's got to be Mr. Germ T. Ripper. And of course, we got the Tower of the Hour, the Princess of Power, the Killer Kelly Miller. What's up, Killer Kelly? Hey, hey, hey. Happy New Year, yo. Hey, hey, hey. Happy New Year, indeed. <laughs> and of course, you can't go anywhere without the Prime Minister, the Sinister, the Suplexorcist, the Mr. Ruthless Chris. What's up, Ruthless Chris? What's going on, man? Happy New Year, y'all. Ready to get to some lists. Yes. Lists, 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 lists. Wrap up lists. the last list. Everyone, everyone gets excited for a list. <laughs> they are fun. You know, VH1, I think, had 10 years of programming of just lists. So we're on our way, baby. <laughs> I think it still is. I think that's still what they rely on. You know, like uh, lists of the years, you know, best of the 80s, then uh, lists of dumbest criminals or whatever they're still listing. I didn't know that they were still in the air. I didn't know. Yeah, I was, was like, is that, a, is that a thing? Somebody's got to cut Danny Bonaduce a paycheck, you know? <laughs> uh, what have you guys been up to since we last talked? Because the last time we talked uh, was for uh, when we interviewed Jen Wexler for the uh, for the holiday episode. What have you guys been up to? Well, um, my, my bearded dragon passed away. I actually had a pretty sad week. I'm Rest in peace, Jeff the Magic Dragon. But other than that, uh, yeah, Chris and I had a dragon funeral today. Other than that, you know, the holidays. I did the usual uh, poker at my uncle's for the holidays. We've been doing that for decades, you know. Um, my little cousin, who's first time playing poker ever uh, this year, fucking cleaned house and won everybody's money. So go, Ariana. <laughs> they got hustled. Yeah, yeah we got He's like, is this a full house? <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, Chad, happy holidays. I hope everybody had a good Christmas. Mine was decent. I had a good time with the family, other than the death of my beloved little dragon. But yeah, it's been all right. How have you, how have you all been? All right. Yeah. Uh, ruthless Chris, what about you? Anything new or exciting? Um, I had probably one of the weirdest Christmases of my life. <laughs> I'm sorry, he was messaging me while I was at my uncle's yesterday, and I just started, like, busting out laughing while I'm playing poker. I'll let Chris tell you the story, but I have been laughing about this for, like, two days. Go on. <laughs> so, yeah, we're, we're recording this day after Christmas, so this is yesterday, so I'm still processing this. <laughs> but at, I, at 42, learned my father is a pervert. <laughs> uh, we lost my mother a few years back, uh, and at Christmas, he approaches me, and he's like, hey... I need you to help me with this dating site I'm on. So I'm like, okay, you know, he's on Plenty of Fish or, you know, eHarmony, whatever, <laughs> you know, trying to find some love. Good for the guy, you know. It's been a number of years. He deserves it. So we get to his house after Chris the Christmas party at my brother's house, and he pulls up this website, and it's called uh, Granny Space. And he's been wrapping <laughs> it up with nothing but, gr like, girls that have profile pictures of topless grannies. 
So then he had to have me like show him <laughs> how to like upload his picture. And while I was doing that, I got a, a big eye load of what his um, profile was. And it was, uh, I need to be sexually pleased at least three times a day. And then he told me he approached me to help him with this because he knows I'm the Tomcat pussy hound of the family. Which Pussy hound. <laughs> wow. Yeah. Um, it That was all yesterday. It's been, yeah, it's been a day. Uh, we buried a lizard today and ate some tacos. Uh and watch i watched talk to me and yeah it's been it's been a few strange days a few strange days fair enough all right well uh good to know that you pussy are hound. the tomcat pussy hound of the of real vile as well evidently because i am i am definitely not a tomcat pussy hound uh kelly uh would you call yourself a tomcat pussy hound oh no but he is saved in my phone now it's silver fang the pussy hound <laughs> fair enough uh maybe that will be your new introduction from now on <laughs> silver oh. fangs its own it's its own story <laughs> fair enough yeah. The pussy hound was just added on yesterday. <laughs> well, my me, myself, and I, uh, I've just been having a fabulous time this holiday season. I love Christmas, and I love the holiday season. We opened gifts. We ate a delicious meal. Just me and my man. Nothing too ridiculous or crazy happened, but that's just the way I like it. <laughs> Anyways, uh, let's get on with these lists, uh, these listicles, if you will. Uh, well... Let's, uh, hey, Ruthless Chris, you want to get this party started or what? Sure. Um, I was just going to go down a really before I get started with my number 10. Um, there are a few movies that made a bunch of other people's lists I did not see. So I don't want to hear any why wasn't this on list. So I haven't watched Venus, Swallowed, Divinity, uh, Satanic Hispanics, Totally Killer, mm -hmm. Candyland from Black or Anise Men this year. So. Don't be surprised they're not on the list. I did not get to see them. Uh, but number 10, my number 10 is Last Voyage of the Demeter. Um, this one was way up my alley. You know, like I like uh, a different take on the Dracula story. I liked what the, the creature design was. I liked that it was confined to a boat. I liked that they made him a lot more vicious and bloodthirsty. Uh, I thought it was a really fun ride. Uh, so that, yeah, that's my number 10 of the year. Uh, uh, Last Voyage of the Demeter. Very cool. Number 10. How about you, Kelly? Did you see Last Voyage of the Demeter? I did not get a chance to see this one. It was on my list of shit to see this year, but there was a, as Chris just said, there was a lot uh, on my list of shit to see this year, and I did not get to see everything. So, I mean, if it pops up next year, I might be like, hey, this should have been on my top 10. There's a good possibility, but no, I haven't seen it yet. Cool. What would you say your number 10 is? My number 10 which um, originally when I seen this, I thought it would be higher on my list, but it was actually a a pretty hard uh, uh, system that I had going, like fighting for a spot on my list. There were some decent ones this year. Um, I went with Hell House Origins, honestly, for my number 10. I really enjoy the Hell House series. I think this one was a perfect addition to uh, the trilogy that came before it. It gave you a lot of good backstory. I think it uh, gave you the same, like, same sort of creepiness without losing anything from the rest of the trilogy. I thought this was a pretty solid fucking fl uh, flick, and it belongs in my top ten somewhere, at least. 
Nice. Yeah, the Hellhouse Origins didn't make my top 10, but now that you've mentioned it, I definitely give it an honorable mention. Mm -hmm. Ruthless Chris, what would you say about Hellhouse Origins? Uh, I really liked it. It did not make my top 10 either. Um, I will also give it an honorable mention, but um, I, I like that they brought a breath of fresh air in it by finding a way and not having it in the Abaddon Hotel, uh, yeah. but still having it uh, tie in with other stories and enrich the other stories. I thought it was a great addition. Uh, you know, uh, you know, I was bitching early in the year that this was going to be a weak year for horror. And uh, yep. when we finally actually got the list, uh, you know, I broke down from I started at 20 movies and broke down to my 10 uh, and it originally was in that 20. It just didn't make the cut in top 10. So mm -hmm. honorable mention for sure. Sweet. Uh, well, uh, on to me, my number 10 is St. Drago. Now we had uh, one of the filmmakers, Brandon Paris on uh, our show during uh, pride month to talk about this movie. And I think it's a great queer sort of folk horror film and i really enjoyed it uh, made my top 10 you know you guys obviously watch this as well because you talked about it with uh brandon uh what did you guys think about saint drago um, I I, yeah we, we watched we, we interviewed the director kelly oh yes uh i really enjoyed uh, the lovecraftian themes um i thought it was shot very well um there was a lot of really cool uh lore to it uh you know, had a really good sense of dread. Um, I really enjoyed it. Just did not make my top 10. Yeah. There, yeah. There was, there was a lot of movies that were kind of tailored to my, my liking uh, this year that really kind of inched away. And in, like uh, last voyage of the Demeter, you know, I know a lot of people didn't necessarily enjoy it, but that's like really my kind of movie, you know? Yeah. Same. I didn't, I, I'm sorry. I didn't uh, recognize the, the movie as soon as you first said the name, but then, then when you were talking about the director, I was like, yeah, absolutely. I do remember this movie. It didn't make my top 10, but this is also another one that would definitely get an honorable mention from me. Very cool. Well, let's keep on chugging along this greatest hits of 2023 and ruthless Chris, what's your number nine? Uh, so my number nine uh, was a little indie movie. Uh, I know, I, th I know Kelly watched it. Uh, this one really stuck with me. I was really impressed with it because it didn't really have a lot of budget. It had a really interesting storyline, and I uh, thought it was really different, which was All Eyes. Um, I very much enjoyed All Eyes, which was you know the story of a disgraced podcaster, and a, a guy finds a monster, or says he has a monster on his land, he's going to kill it, and invites the guy over to, to help him, or to document him killing this thing, but... There was like, you know, like a cool Home Alone element and all this fun stuff to it. I thought it was just a fun movie and it really did a lot with not a lot of money, like some really big ideas with not a lot of money, kind of like the same way like The Endless did uh, a couple years back or, you know, Resolution, you know, or that those things, you know, where it's high concept, but not needing a lot of special effects or anything to pull it off. So I really enjoyed All Eyes. That's my number nine. Shit, man. I completely forgot that one even came out this year. I definitely remember watching that movie, but I did not remember that it was a 2023 movie. And yeah, that one is amazing. Wasn't that the same guy that did Resolution and The Endless? And No, no. Uh, they made uh, In the Dirt this year. Or that's what that year. was. They didn't put anything out this year. Um, that's not the same guys. It's, it is very similar to their style, though. For sure. I'd say it's a lot more, had a lot more sense of humor to it, to where the uh, Morehouse stuff is a little more. Because it had that dude in the house that was kind of funny, but like, you didn't know if he was like insane or just they like. Had, yeah, they had the, the crazy guy, the wacky traps. You had Everything the, was booby traps. 
Yeah. They didn't know if the the men in black were fucking with them. If it yeah, was just, yeah. Yeah. There was like a lot of fun stuff going on in there. Yeah, that movie was great. No, I didn't even I didn't even recognize that that was from this year, but honorable mention again. <laughs> I haven't seen all eyes, uh, but uh, with everybody, both of you have spoke very highly of it. I still need to check it out. Uh, Killer Kelly, what would your number nine be? I'm going to go with the Spanish movie I watched earlier in the year. uh, Huerza, but the bone woman. Uh, That one, I really liked it. It had kind of like a punk rock edge to it at the same time with some of the characters and stuff. And I really, really liked the lore behind it. Uh, this one was a good one. It was a good supernatural natural one. Um, I'm sorry, I'm very blah. <laughs> but yeah, um, it it had a su- good supernatural element to it. I really liked the the punk rock um feel behind the characters. It had like a griminess to it. I I, I enjoyed this one. Yep, number nine. Who wears the bone woman? Oh, I've heard some really good things about this. I haven't seen it yet, but I have to check this out. Chris, have you seen uh from how do you pronounce it? Huerta. the bone woman? Huerta? I could be pronouncing it wrong. You're asking me. A U R E S H U E R S A the Bone Woman. Um, I watched uh a large chunk of it, uh, but it was kinda late at night and it was subtitled and sometimes reading makes me tired. Mm-hmm. Um, so unfortunately I did fall asleep on it uh, not because it was boring or anything but I genuinely genuinely, if I am tired and I start reading a bunch of stuff it makes me drowsy and I fall asleep uh, so I was not able to finish it but I did very much enjoy what I saw it was one I meant to finish uh, I went through a marathon of 2023 movies leading into this episode so it was one of those I meant to have on there and I just didn't get to fair enough yeah I need to check out that one as well uh, moving along though now originally i had a uh, bow is afraid as my number nine but you know thinking about it i'm just like it, as fantastic a film it is and nightmarish it, it uh, nightmarish from beginning to end i can't really consider it, uh, a full-on horror movie so i'm gonna take that out and i'm gonna replace it with the realistic violence and exploitation of Candyland. now I spoke highly of this film before, and I'm going to keep speaking highly of it, even though this isn't going to be for a lot of people. If you don't like a movie with uh, a lot of realistic style violence, uh, skip it. But it's a great slasher film, great exploitation film, has a throwback feel to the 80s, and I'm a big fan of it. Candyland. Uh, Did either of you get a chance to watch this or no? I did not. No. Uh, I did not, but also Bo is Not Afraid is not on my list. I actually watched that today. Same. Uh, Same. It's not I on my list, list just because I consider it more a psychological. Brilliant. You know, it, there was horror to it, but I just didn't find it to be a horror movie. That's also why Birth and Rebirth wasn't on my list, even though I enjoyed Same. it quite a bit. I just didn't find them to be horror movies. So, uh, yeah, I, I agree with uh, Bo is Not Afraid, but I have not seen uh, Candyland. Well, all right, yeah. Uh, check out Candyland streaming for free on Tubi if you like hardcore '80s throwback exploitation. But in the meantime, ruthless Chris, what's your number eight? Uh, my number eight uh, was Jen Wexler's The Sacrifice Game. Uh, this one really, I really liked it. You know, there was, uh, she really showed that she can make a a, a really excellent and well crafted, very great looking movie with not a lot of money i mean it was super well acted 
special effects looked great. Uh, it was a period piece, so that you know, and it didn't detract from the movie, and it felt very authentic. Um, the child performances were phenomenal, yeah. and it really hinged on that. Um, this was a, a kind of a sleeper hit to me, you know, really from the, the opening scene, you know, I knew I was kind of in for a bit of a gut punch and it delivered on that. And, uh, uh, that one stuck with me. So yeah, my number eight is the sacrifice game, which I know you guys both watch because mm-hmm. last episode we, uh, we introduced or, uh, uh, interviewed, uh, the woman behind it. Yeah. Um, actually that's another one. It was a really hard um, I, I might have kicked off Hell House Origins for Sacrifice Game, you know, like it was it was neck and neck with that. But yeah, yeah. Also great but movie belongs in somebody's top 10. You know, I'm glad it's here. I'm glad to see it. Fantastic. Would you say it's in your honorable mentions then, Kelly? I guess it's got to be because it should be on my top 10 list. But I guess. Yeah. Like I said, this was hard deliberating. You know, there were some good ones this year. <laughs> Fair enough. Yeah. yeah. Uh, the sacrifice game is actually my number seven. So I get to skip that one when it comes around to my number seven, but everything you said about it exactly spot on. I love this movie. And also when people make their second full length feature, it's kind of like that sophomoric uh, slump mm-hmm. usually, but this one it far sur- like, and I love the Ranger, but it mm-hmm. far surpassed her original work. So kudos once again uh it's my number seven it's your number eight honorable mention for kelly and uh the sacrifice game if you got shutter check that baby out asap um so what is your number eight killer kelly i went with one that i watched the other day um i've been wanting to watch this since the beginning of the year and then chris started talking about it in the uh their little group chat that we got but this is sick um, I'm not usually a big fan of these, um, you know, like home invasion movies, but this one fucking killed it. This one's great. Like, um, from front to back, like it, it keeps you on the edge of your seat. It's very good. The storyline's great. It keeps you guessing. I thought sick was phenomenal. And I have that one as number eight. What do you guys think? Very cool. Yeah. I haven't seen it yet, but from everything you've been saying about, it, I'll have to check it out. Chris, what do you feel about sick? Uh, sick was another one I had to knock off my, uh, it was in the, the writing. Uh, I had to knock it off. Uh, you know, I mean, it's, it's written by the guy who wrote scream and final destination. And it really is a true return to form to that scream kind of slasher film, but it had a really interesting, um, story behind it and a very interesting take and motivation, um, really kept you in the edge of your seat and guessing it was a really quality, straightforward slasher movie. Uh, in a time where slashes feel really tired and dull. Yeah. Um, I couldn't recommend it enough. It was in my honorable mention list that we're going to talk about after our top 10. Uh, th- this one nearly got eked off, and it only got eked off by something I watched today. It was on my list up to about two hours before we recorded. So. I was pleasantly surprised by this one, actually, like because I kept putting it off by the cover. And I think there was a couple of times that I turned it off into the opening scene. Like, I'm just not into this kind of movie. But like once I actually like started watching it, like it did, it had me the whole movie. And it was these aren't usually even my favorite kind of horror movies either. But like this one killed it. Give yeah. it a chance. I think it's on Peacock. Very cool. Uh, yeah, I'll have to check it out. Because uh, like you said, from that cover art and even mm-hmm, the title mm-hmm. of the movie, it's like, eh. But hey, you guys uh, seem to really dig it. And if you dig it, I might dig it too. So I'll have to check it out. 
think you would. Uh, in the meantime, uh, my number eight is uh, the remake of the director's own film, uh, Malum. Uh, yeah. Now, if you're not sure about this movie, it is like a ghosty sort of possession film, cult film. It's a lot of uh, genres, subgenres sort of smushed together. And it's a remake <laughs> of uh, The Last Shift, which uh, came out not too long ago. But I, I feel was, like... Uh, uh, I believe it was 2016 it came out. 2016? Yeah, I, think so. I think so. Something like that. Well, I mean, it's it's great. Like the um, the director secured more funds, and he wanted to make the movie better. It seems like, and he just you know made the same movie but bigger and better. And I thoroughly appreciate that. Uh, yeah. So, I mean, if you haven't seen Mullum, you definitely should check it out uh, right now. It's only available on Stars or for rent on Prime for two ninety nine. But it's definitely worth the two ninety nine. I bought the four K UHD because. Uh, you know, I like to buy things. <laughs> I love physical media. Uh, now, both of you seen Mollum, right? What did you yeah. guys think about it? That one also almost made my list. It's in my honorable mentions. Yeah, that one got bumped off of my uh, mm -hmm. list. It's also in my honorable mentions. Uh, this That one blew me away. I really enjoyed Last Shift. Um, I thought that was a really fantastic film, but I think they're both great films in their own right. I think they, they're both worth watching. But yeah, Mollum just it was a little bit bigger and meaner uh definitely a little bit cooler creature effects and stuff and they expanded on some ideas and there was a little bit better acting and stuff i, I really enjoyed it i thought malin was great uh that it got pushed off kind of last minute yep same cool uh ruthless chris ruthless chris paging ruthless chris what's your number seven baby uh my number seven and this one, you know, like I was, I was struggling. Is is it horror? Is it not? And then it, finally, I decided yes, it is a horror movie, and that would be uh, Brandon Cronenberg's Infinity Pool. Um, these movies mm -hmm. are way up my alley. You know, I love his dad's work. I love the David Lynch stuff. I really like body horror and melt movies, stuff like that. Um, I think Brandon Cronenberg really has his own voice and makes some really, you know, unique movies. I mean, for somebody's third movie, this is some really complex great filmmakers mm -hmm, mm -hmm. performances and there's Me really, there's really interesting ideas going on and uh uh you know that it it definitely has some twists and turns you don't see coming um all in all i think it's a wholly original movie and one of the things i really enjoy about brandon cronenberg and he's done in all three movies is he makes kind of an alternate to your universe but it's only slightly skewed you know, like it still feels like the world you live in, but just a little something, a little twist, a lemon in it, you know? And uh, he did that with uh, Possessor and he did that with Antiviral and he definitely did that here. So uh, uh, Infinity Pool definitely blew me away. Um, I enjoyed it a lot. So that's my number seven. Kelly, what did you think about Infinity Pool? Infinity Pool also came in at my number seven. <laughs> so, Yes. <laughs> I love the movie. I, I I can't elaborate more on what Chris said. It had like a great sci-fi fucking feeling to it. And it, it, it was fantastic. Mia Goth's performance, the actresses, the actors' performances in this movie is basically what made it with, a, you know, Cronenberg. It, you had that usual Cronenberg feel. I love it. Yeah, I, I'd highly recommend Infinity Pool. Yes, uh, Infinity Pool is actually my number five. 
Uh, I loved it. I love the body horror. I love the special effects. Mm-hmm. I love the subtext. Uh, the cast was amazing. The acting was amazing. Yeah, it's a, it's just a really great film. I was happy that I saw it in the theater. And I, I'm, if I remember correctly, there might have been like one other person <laughs> there to see it. But then again, I like to see movies like first thing in the day so that there is less people there. That's just my sort of jam. <laughs> less people, the better. <laughs> <laughs> but uh yeah infinity pool definitely check it out if you haven't yet i think it's streaming on uh hulu um yep. so yeah infinity pool definitely check it out uh what are we at is a seven yeah i said seven that was is seven for me this uh seven was the sacrifice game and we already talked about it so are we're you? gonna go right on to uh who are we on what are we on six we're on number six because seven was already also kelly's uh was infinity yep. pool yep. Yeah. Ah, that's right okay <laughs> All right, uh, now, now we're gonna start lapping each other in our yeah now we're getting to the to the, the top ones all right our... number six mr ruthless chris what you got for us baby uh, so this is one I watched the other day, and I can't believe more people aren't talking about it. Uh, it's by a filmmaker, I think, that has made a lot of movies that are so close to touching greatness. And then, like, two that were really great being Session 9 and The Machinist. Um, and that is Blood. Um, I watched this on Hulu. Uh, it's the story of a mother, uh, a single mother and her two children. She used to battle a drug addiction. Um there is a evil tree out back. Uh, it affects her children. She has to, and then in turn, start harvesting blood to keep her child healthy. Um, this one, uh, it has some knockout performances. It has some really cool ideas that I hadn't seen before. Um, I kind of almost see it in the same world as the original Pet Cemetery. Um, it really has that kind of vibe to it. The actress who played the mother absolutely killed it. The child acting was great. Um, it's one of those things where high concept that didn't need a lot of money to do what it needed to do. So everything looked the way it needed to look and all that. Uh, blood really blew me away. And I can't believe more people aren't talking about this. So, yeah, my number six is blood. I haven't I hadn't even really heard of it, but no. I do love that director. So uh yeah, Machinist is such an incredible film. Mm-hmm. I'll have to go back and check it out. Have you seen this one, Kelly? No, Chris started talking to me about it last night and I, I wanted to watch it, but then he stopped by after, you know, the, the lizard funeral and um he wanted to watch talk to me and I was like, dude, if anything's gonna you know, like that's one of the bigger ones of the year. Let's watch that again just to see if you'll add it to your list. But blood is something I may even watch after I drop him off when we're done recording this. So it might change my list completely. I'll let y'all know next episode. Wait, are you guys in the same house right now? Yeah, yes. he's in my living room. <laughs> <laughs> All right. He's one room over from me right now. I can hear her like a second delayed through the wall. Yeah. That is wild. That is wild. Uh, <laughs> we had to bury cool. uh, a magic dragon today. Yeah, we had to bury my lizard. So. Very sad. Uh, but uh, sadness aside, uh, Kelly, what's your number six? My number six was Angry Black Girl and Her Monster. Um, the the kind of um, a, a more like modern day kind of urban type came out earlier in the year. I, th- I believe it first of all this movie was fucking phenomenal man it, like it hit with the like 
emotionally while at the same time giving it its own kind of persona um yeah i i thought this movie was phenomenally done um a little underrated for the year in my my opinion but if you haven't seen it definitely check out angry black girl and her monster i think it it does hit more on like the emotional sort of like drama area than um than exactly like horror but like being the frankenstein story ultimately makes it you know an absolutely horror movie well, yeah, the gore and the special effects, mm -hmm. the practical effects, mm -hmm. and even the story I thought was great. For me, it was just like too much trauma porn, but you know, yeah. Uh, or else I wanted I wanted to like it a lot more than I did. But yeah. Angry Black Girl and Her Monster was a great movie. Chris, what did you think about this one? Uh, that's another one that got bumped off onto my honorable mentions. Um, I thought it was a fantastic movie. I think it shows a lot of promise for a first time director to make yeah. something that strong and that like visually striking. Um, I think that whatever this person makes next will probably really knock it out the park. Um, I really enjoyed that movie, and it is on my honorable mentions list. Very, very cool. Yeah, definitely check out Black Angry Black Girl and a Monster if you haven't already. Um, and keeping the train of chugging down the tracks, my number six is the A24, uh, surprisingly A24, when you see the trailer at least, uh, Talk to Me. Now, this is a group of friends who discover they can conjure spirits with using an embalmed hand, and they become hooked on the new thrill. Uh, I took the whole thing as sort of a, a uh, allegory for addiction, which being an addiction counselor uh, really spoke to me on a, a different level. Also, I uh, I like that these were first-time uh, feature filmmakers. Before, mm -hmm. before making this film, they were doing like, uh, social media content and i think that's kind of why the whole thing has a different sort of vibe to it and maybe that's why it is a little more elevated than it should be because when you think about the premise it's just like you feel like i've seen a million movies like this and teens and blah blah, blah but it's just so well done i really appreciate talk to me uh so that's my number six uh you guys said that you just watched this what did you yes. think of it well um we just rolled credits on it. It's actually my number three now. Uh, it's uh, Sick was much higher on my list, but Sick was one of the ones I bumped off for this. Um, I thought we got two really interesting original takes on Possession uh, this year, this being one of oh. them. Um, I think, like you said, not only is it a tale of about addiction, but it also about social pressures and social media. Um, I, I think it's... It's visceral. I think it had really interesting ideas and it had really had a lot going for it. I thought it was visually stunning, uh, well acted. I think it was one of those ones that, you know, it been hyped up to the point where I knew I had to see it before we recorded, you know, like it made so many people's high ups uh, that when we uh, after we did the lizard funeral, we had time for a movie. I was like, all right, we got to watch talk to me before we record. So. Mm -hmm. Uh, it ended up uh, being my number three. I ended up loving it. So, yeah, Talk to Me was fantastic. I can't wait to see what else uh, they end up making. Yeah, this one is also my my number three as well. Um, in addition to it being, like, about addiction and, the uh, like, surrounding, like, the new social media and new, like, party themes and stuff, it also still tied in that old like tro horror trope of like the the games you know like the bloody mary game the candy man the you know so it it had that edge to it which is what i, I really liked about that movie but yeah this is also my number three i think it's fantastic that these kids were like um 
you know, just like TikTokers or like YouTubers, you know, and then they come out with something badass like this. I think it's pretty promising for the future of independent film. Absolutely. I'm glad to hear that we all enjoy Talk to Me. So if you haven't seen it, check it out. Do what you have to do. Get a copy of it and enjoy Talk to Me. But with that being said, uh, Ruthless Chris, what's your number five? Uh, my number five uh, is another one. Like when I talked about movies uh, that were like uh, that came out this year that almost felt like they were tailored to my taste. Uh, this was one of them in that suitable flesh. Um, you know, I'm the biggest Stuart Gordon fan. I love HP Lovecraft. I love things like that. Um, but this one, you know, I mean, it felt like a love letter to Stuart Gordon uh, from his movies from the ages. It felt like it belonged right there with uh, From Beyond and um, Reanimator, things like that. Um, I thought Heather Graham really did an amazing job and was transformative in this. I think all the actors, because all of them essentially at one point had to play the same character and they all found a way to make it the same. Mm -hmm. um, it, it had some great twists and turns, had some awesome gore. It was perverse, uh, sexual, you know, I mean, it was just a really, uh, really visceral experience. And, you know, the, the guy who made it really makes some interesting films. So yeah, suitable flesh. Uh, I really, really enjoyed I we did an episode about this a couple a couple episodes ago, and uh, I think we all really enjoyed it. Yep. it uh, Kelly, what were you, you going to say? Was this on your list? Yep, I have it as my number two, actually. It's pretty high on my list. I, I thoroughly enjoyed this one. It was something different than you regularly see, like in in horror altogether. You know, it was it had that sci fi. It had the crazy um, the characters. The the one dude playing. Um, his ability to go from one character into the other, like, you know, with the, how he had to basically play two people, but in the same body. Phenomenal, dude. I don't think this movie would have been the same had it not had the cast that it had. Um, there, yeah, I, I love, I absolutely loved this one. It, it kind of blew me away and I wasn't expecting it. It's on my nerves. Very cool. Yeah. No suitable flesh is one of my honorable mentions. Mm -hmm. And for all the reasons that you both just said, it's a great movie and very enjoyable and uh on that note though uh killer kelly what's your number five my number five is no one will save you the alien movie that came out on hulu earlier in the year it was um you don't often get a alien movie that gives you that creepy ass vibe that this one did you know i mean you got like progeny fire in the sky did that a little bit but uh this one as a newer one you don't get that in like newer alien movies and i thoroughly enjoyed this i really liked the fact that there was absolutely no dialogue in the movie i thought that was fucking cool as shit and they pulled it off like and it's something you didn't even i didn't even realize until halfway through the movie i was like shit nobody's like said a word yet you know but i thought that was pretty ingenious and it didn't take away at all from the plot and yeah, as an alien movie, I'd highly recommend this one for sure. Very cool. Uh, Chris, what did you think about No One Will Save You? Uh, it's my number two. Um, I utterly love this movie. I enjoy mm -hmm. a good alien flick, and it's very rare you get a good one anymore. It's all kind of been there, done that. Yep. Um, I really liked the subtext uh, below, also about us being aliens within ourselves. Um, yep. The fact that they could, the fact that they could um, uh, make an entire movie without dialogue, and you don't get bored, and you're not looking for your phone, you know that there was 
big set pieces and big moments and the fact that it was CGI but it didn't take you out it looked very very good um I utterly loved this movie uh this one was like a surprise sleeper hit for me because I didn't really watch any trailers going in I didn't really know what I was in store for I just saw it was a Hulu original alien movie and I was like fuck it I'm gonna put it on while I'm doing laundry no laundry got done I watched the whole thing so it was actually my number two uh one of my favorites of the year very cool yeah no one no one will save you i liked it too and it's on hulu so check it out and do the electric boogaloo but my number five is infinity pool and we've already talked about infinity pool so we're gonna go right on to number four ruthless chris what's your number four uh my number four and this is another one that seems tailor-made to me and i've known i've seen a lot of people kind of bash this one uh but i loved everything about it and that's dark harvest um it's been a while since we've had a good original go-to halloween movie mm -hmm. um i think this one really nailed that you know like it's probably one of the best ones we've had since trick-or-treat it's got its own lore to it it's got its own world it has a great monster to it um, some real intense scenes. It was beautifully shot. I mean, that movie was gorgeous looking. Um, great soundtrack. Uh, make sure you watch through the credits because the second ending makes it much better. Um, but yeah, Dark Harvest was a, a movie that really I, I had high hopes going in and, you know, it really delivered on all of that. Like, I really just honestly love Dark Harvest. Uh, it's probably one of my, you know, honestly you know, top four, one of my favorites of the year. But yeah, fantastic movie. Fantastic. Very cool. Yeah, it's my it's on my list of honorable mentions. We did an episode about that one as well, and it's definitely a definitely one of the best films of this year. Killer Kelly, what did you think about Dark Harvest? I also have it as my number four. Um, I absolutely enjoyed this movie as well. I, just as Chris said, like you, we we haven't got like a solid Halloween flick since about what Trick or Treat, and the monster in this didn't fucking hold back. You know, they didn't hold back from showing him. I loved the whole uh, kind of 1950s vibe to it. It also had that weird feel like, can these people even leave this town? Like, it, it was something like that. Um, yeah, number four on my list. Dark Harvest was absolutely fantastic. And it's something I, I will probably revisit every Halloween. That's awesome. Yeah, no, I'm hoping that they... Uh do put out a physical copy of this uh, packed with extras because I think that would be excellent to dive into the making of and what the director and filmmakers have to say about uh, Dark Harvest. Mm -hmm. That would be ideal. Uh, but rolling down the tracks, ooh, you both have number four as Dark Harvest. So I'm going to say my number four is now a lot of people probably won't say that this is a horror movie but i think it qualifies as a horror movie just because of the violence and just because of the gore uh but i did laugh from beginning to end it is cocaine bear uh, <laughs> people, people <laughs> joked about this we did an episode about it when it first came out and i loved it from beginning to end i laughed from beginning to end there's so much gore and violence and it's a it, you know besides the comedy it's a throwback to the nature strikes back movies you know that were more prevalent in the 70s and 80s but they never did it quite like this with a exploitation la la laughter throughout great jokes throughout and so it's a new twist on like an old genre old subgenre and 
I, for the longest time, Cocaine Bear was my favorite movie of the year. And it was like one of the only movies I saw in the theater this year. So uh, I think that really says something. So, but yeah, if you haven't seen Cocaine Bear, you're probably sleeping under a rock. Uh, otherwise, it is streaming on uh, Amazon Prime. You, you guys, I know you've seen it because we talked about it on the show. But uh, did you guys, what do you guys think about Cocaine Bear real quick? For one, it's absolutely a horror movie, okay? <laughs> but yeah, dude, me and Christy, this in the theater. We had a fucking blast with it. I watched it a few times since then. It will always be a fucking hoot. Um, Elizabeth, what's her name? What's it? Uh, I forget Elizabeth her name. It's a girl from 30 Rock. Elizabeth, Elizabeth Banks. Banks, yes, yes. Killed it, man. Killed it. This movie, this movie is just all around fun. It's a fucking good time. It, it didn't make my top list, but it's definitely an honorable mention. You know? Yeah. So it didn't make my top list only because I apparently am on the shorthand here where I didn't consider it a horror movie when I saw it. I thought it was pretty much a comedy with a lot of gore. Um, but horror. in my non-horror list, you know, I looked at more of like an exploitation film, like almost like a grind, a modern grindhouse kind of film. For sure. um, but in my my non-horror top 10, it, I think it's around like five or six. Uh, I already loved it. I loved everything about it. Like that's my kind of flick. I love yeah. the humor of it. Um, I love like that Ray Liotta was in it, and they had him in a in an old leather jacket and some yellow shades. Um, you know, like every, everything about it was charming and fun and funny. Um, that that was just a crowd pleaser, and I love the shit out of it. So uh, it's not even on my honorable mentions because I did for some reason didn't see it as a horror movie. I saw it more as a grind comedy. Fair enough. Absolutely fair enough. But ooh la la, we're cracking the top three. Is everybody ready? To get into our top three oh yep. crazy town i have a feeling we all have the same number one. Oh, i know we do i'm, I'm almost positive we do, I, How can you do I, I was when i wrote it on that slip of paper at work i'm i'm pretty damn sure we all have the same number one <laughs> but that's okay that just means that it is an outstanding film it solidifies but, how sweet it is <laughs> yes the three people that have a slightly different taste in horror all love this movie none but before we get to number one we gotta get through three and two so uh ruthless chris paging ruthless chris what's your number three we already talked about it my number three was talk to me um but you know we said all we need to say about it but yeah fantastic film uh number three for me very cool killer kelly what's your number three baby doll also talk to me number three um yeah we said what needs to be said but it belongs in the top three Alrighty then. Well, back to me. And this is another one that probably a lot of people don't really think is a horror film just because it is hilarious uh, from beginning to end. Had me laughing, belly laughing, gut laughing, laughing so hard there was tears coming down my face. Uh, this was the Nicolas Cage uh, film, uh, Dracula film, Renfield. I loved the, how action-packed it was. I loved the gore. I love uh, the yeah. violence. It was just so much fun. And once again, uh, aspects of it brought me back to the, like 80s uh, horror comedies. But then like the action was so over the top. It reminded me of like 70s kung fu films or 80s kung fu films, which they actually pay homage to uh, in a couple of scenes. There's a great, like the I think it's a head-punching scene, which... Uh, it looks exactly like one from uh, Sonny Chiba's Street Fighter, 
Uh, yeah. So, uh, I, I love Runfield, and uh, that is my number three. I can't say enough good things about Runfield. If you haven't seen it, uh, definitely check it out. It's on Prime Video. What do you guys think about Runfield? Loved it. Loved it. It didn't make my uh, top ten list, but it, it would be another honorable mention. I think that one was more fun than horror. So I didn't really consider it because I did consider it more comedic, even though it is like the story of Dracula, Bram Stoker's Dracula. But it was more funny. And ah, who doesn't love Nick Cage? Look at my phone. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, I I utterly loved it, uh, but I also didn't really see it as much of a horror movie. Uh, I, I think it leaned more on the comedy side, but uh, it was definitely one of my favorite movies of the year. Um, I loved the superimposed uh, where they put him in uh, like the old Hammer movies and shit in the beginning. Yeah, yeah. Fantastic. Um, I thought I thought uh, Nicolas Cage like any role where they like put him on purpose. Like, yo, you can just go full, do your thing in this. You know, like he's just like, ah, all right, and like yeah, we'll give you a a red smoking jacket, and a bunch of rings, and dye you green. Like, <laughs> fuck yeah. So yeah, th that's a totally fun movie. Uh, it's got replay value up the wazoo, uh, and for some reason, I really enjoy Aquafina as an actress. I think she's really entertaining and pretty like charming as an yeah. actress. But, yeah, I really loved it. Very very cool. Well, we only have two left to talk about. Uh, Ruthless Chris, what's your number two? Uh, no one will save you. We already talked about it. Uh, that one really blew me away. Uh, not much else I could say about it. That was surprise hit uh, a movie i walked in not knowing anything about and then came out not blown away loved it very cool yeah alien horror no dialogue go check it out uh, no one will save you killer kelly what's your number two uh yeah i already mentioned this one as well it was suitable flesh uh the heather graham hulu fucking crazy ass sci-fi body horror love it love it check out suitable flesh Go for it. Definitely suitable flesh. Uh, my number two is a movie that I missed when it was in the theater. And I regret not seeing the theater because holy miss moly, this was the basically the um, barbarian of this year because you think you it's one type of film and then it gives you some wild out of control twists. Uh, this is cobweb. Uh, you know, there's a spider living in the walls and the spider is like a human and it's his sister. Oh, I just gave everything away, but I don't care. It's a wild movie. And if you haven't seen it, you got to see it because uh, I put it for my number two for a reason. It's just so intense and uh, crazy. And it's a Halloween movie. It takes place around yeah. Halloween. You know, and I love all movies pretty much any horror movie that takes place around Halloween. So uh, yeah, there's really nothing bad about this movie. I love the cinematography. I love the acting. I love the weird twists. Uh, it's really great. So check out cobweb. It's on Hulu right now. Uh, you guys seen cobweb? Talked about it during the Halloween episodes. Um, I actually really liked this one as well. It did not make my top 10, but that would be another honorable mention from me. You're right. Um, this had you going in a bunch of different turns. You know, you thought it was going to go one way. It went a completely uh, direction. I enjoyed Copwed too. It just did. That's my number two. And uh, oh, looks like we're at number one. Do, do, we do, 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 do. Can we have a ball drop? Can we say it all at the same time? Can we all say it at the same time? Three, we two, do a one. Count off. Three, count off. two, two, 
one when, when evil, evil lurks. lurks. <laughs> Did we do it? We didn't do it at the same time, but yes, uh, when evil lurks, we all have as our number one movie. You cannot deny the fucking awesomeness that this movie was, dude. It took an entirely, and possession films are my fucking thing. It took an entirely different fucking uh, outlook on possession flicks. What do you guys think? Um, I'll tell you what, this one really had a lot of layers to it too that um yeah. I picked a bunch of stuff up that when when talking to Kelly that uh you know she missed a few some of that even some of the lore is just in the dialogue that like religion is dead and this is already happening everywhere in the world and it has this like real doomed feeling of dread and overwhelming like just like this blanket of just anxiety and dread. Um the violence is shocking. Uh, there's, I mean, you get to say words like the goat scene, the dog scene, you know, like that, this, those words. And we all like, we'll be like, Oh, you know, like dog it, it was, it was intense. It was interesting. It had lore. It had different ideas. It was mean and dark and nasty. And I think this filmmaker, you know, they're two for two for, with me because terrified, not terrifier, terrified. Uh, their previous movie was phenomenal too, and uh, that's really why I really tried to fit in satan satanic Hispanics uh, yeah. before this because they do have a small vignette in that that's supposed to be on par as well. But yeah, this this was like down and dirty, dark, grimy, bloody, you know, filmmaking at its absolute best. Like this is the kind of stuff I fucking watch this genre for, you know. When I went into this, when I went into watching When Evil Lurks, I didn't know what to expect at all, just because there had been so much hype surrounding it. This was one of the movies that I really wanted to see in the theater, and was kind of bummed when I missed it, but then it dropped on Shudder almost immediately after it was out of the theaters. Uh, that was very exciting, because this is just such an incredible film. It's one of those movies that I'm surprised it isn't A24, but I'm glad that Shudder picked yeah. it up. And I'm glad that uh, IFC Midnight picked it up because uh, being on Shutter means that we all get to watch it, and it's so incredible. It's bleak, it's disturbing, it's disgusting, and it's gorgeous. It's beautiful. It's well acted. Cinematography is incredible, and it's like you were saying. It's got its own lore. It's got its own sort of mythos surrounding um, possessions. It's just so smart and well done. And if you haven't seen When uh, When Evil Lurks. It is streaming on AMC Plus, and I'm pretty sure it's still on Shutter. Uh, this is one of those ones that I uh, would definitely want to buy a physical copy of. Such a great movie, yeah. uh, and uh, it speaks volumes. I think that it's all of our number one <laughs> across the board. You know what I mean? Kelly only likes it because a bunch of kids get killed. <laughs> <laughs> no, there are a bunch of children dying in this movie, though. There's a bunch of everybody dying. Fuck yeah. this movie's great. <laughs> It's gross and spectacular, but when Evil Lurks is our number one here at Real Vile, uh, there's lots Unanimous. of fun going through. What's up? Unanimous number one. Unanimous, girl. Yep. <laughs> uh, yeah, but def definitely. So what we're saying is, if you haven't seen it, When Evil Lurks, you're missing out and you got to watch it. But that's our top 10 of our favorite films. We're going to do a quick rundown of honorable mentions we haven't mentioned yet. And then maybe mention... Uh, 
a movie that we were a little disappointed in, a movie or two that we were disappointed Bye. in real quick. <laughs> but uh, who wants to start off with the honorable mentions? Let's say Killer Kelly. What are, you, what are your honorable mentions you haven't mentioned yet? That I haven't mentioned yet. Well, I've already mentioned The Sacrifice Game and Cobweb and Malum. Um, I would like to mention The Evil Dead. I would like to mention that as an honorable mention. Uh, Sister Death. As being the next part to Veronica, I fucking thoroughly enjoyed that movie. That's definitely an honorable mention. And uh, Bo is Afraid is absolutely an honorable mention, although I couldn't completely consider it a horror movie, which is why it didn't make my list. And I think it was a little too much longer than what it needed to be to get the point across. Very cool. Uh, Ruthless Chris, uh, what honorable mentions have you not mentioned yet? So I'm just going to name off the ones we already talked about because there's no reason to say anything about them, but that's Cobweb, Sick, Malum, and the Angry Black Girl and Her Monster. Uh, I have three others I just want to mention real quick that really blew me away and I wanted to have on my list, but they just didn't make it. Uh, one was Natty Knox. Um, oh, I, I thought that. that that was like a really interesting original concept. Um, it was nice seeing like, you know, Bill Mosley and um, um, Robert Englund in the same movie. Um it was really interesting ideas, really well made, kind of like Dark Harvest, but uh, uh, in its lore and concept. Uh, so that one was a really interesting uh, first time movie. Uh, God is a bullet. Um, that one really got under my skin and blew me away. But I'm not necessarily sure it's a horror movie, even though it has a lot of child killing and Satanism. Um, but yeah, God is a bullet's really good. And then the last one I wanted to talk about was Unwelcome, uh, which was a Shutter original about a bunch of killer gnomes uh, that I really enjoyed. Um, I spoke about it earlier in the year, uh, but it, it it had folk horror, it had gore, um, it really had some interesting performances, some really interesting ideas, the kind of stuff you don't normally see in a movie, this this kind of mean. Um, so yeah, unwelcome. So those are my, my honorable mentions. Very, very cool. Definitely have to check all those out if you haven't already. My honorable mentions are Evil Dead Rise, Suitable Flesh, Dark Harvest, and uh, one that not a lot of people talked about in their top movies, but I loved it. It was super silly and reminded me of all the mini monster movies from the 80s, Slother House. What I didn't a watch that, but I had a friend suggest it to me, and I'm like, shit, I wanted to try to watch it before the end of the year, but there's so many other ones. Like, I was trying to get in the ones that I would actually list, and I'm like, I just don't see it. <laughs> well, Slother House is a super silly movie, and I thoroughly enjoyed it. And if you if you don't want something totally serious horror, if you want if you like a a Ghoulies or a Munchies or any of those mini monster movies from the eighties, you gotta check out Slother House. How um, dare you put it in such high regards? <laughs> I'm sorry, I I hated that movie. I wanted to like it. I went in wanting to like it, and it just was not for me. Okay, well, on that note, let's head on to our, our worst movies. I don't like to talk, talk ill of films very much, but we're going to really quickly. You've already mentioned you hated Slaughterhouse. Uh, is there any other films you hated? Um, You know what? I'm going to pad the blow a little bit. These aren't movies I... that the, I would call these movies I went into wanting to like, and I was disappointed or did not like them. So I'm not going to use the hate word. It's, you know, I wanted to like them, but didn't. Uh, number one is Black Demon. Uh, usually I like a good shark movie. Uh, you know, it it had a nice budget and it had good actors. It should have been good. It sucked balls. 
Um, Exorcist Believers, holy shit, did I have trouble getting through that movie? And I hate bashing Gordon Green, especially when everyone bashed on Halloween Ends. And I think I was one of the few people uh, that really actually got and enjoyed what that movie was trying to say. Um, the next was Pet Cemetery Bloodlines. I just thought it was bland as shit, uh, boring, pointless, didn't need to be made. Uh, if you want something in that world, uh, I would suggest Blood. Uh, the next one, In Its Wake. Um, this movie was the boringest thing I've watched all year. Um, it was shot. They would have took better. Like A Hallmark director could have shot this thing better. The monster was a silicone blue monkey. Um Truly terrible stuff. And then the last one I really wanted to like, and I went into with very high hopes, uh, and it really shit the bed, was The Jester, uh, which was going to be a you know Halloween um, lore kind of thing. And it was one of the ones with Dark Harvest I was really looking forward to in Halloween. Um, it felt like it tried to be a very watered-down version of Terrifier, and, and I did not enjoy it one bit, although I did feel the guy playing The Jester did his best so yeah those are the ones that didn't land with me this year fair enough uh killer kelly what movies were you disappointed by uh the ones that didn't land with me this year are actually a lot of the big hollywood hits this year um fucking the exorcist right or exorcist whatever believer Believers. so fucking terrible dude Oh, I almost couldn't make it through that. Like, I, I just couldn't do it. That was just so bad. I think it was a terrible way. Even though they, they ended up bringing back Reagan and the mom for the original, um, Reagan just, I'm sorry if I'm ruining it, but it's it's not good. But, like, Reagan pops in at the end as a, um, even though that, it's just, I feel like they completely shat on that entire uh, Exorcist legacy with this fucking movie. Like I'd rather watch Exorcist three, any Exorcist four. Exorcist three was awesome. Yeah, yeah. Actually, any of the other Exorcists are better than this one. Any of them. <laughs> uh, Dominion's pretty rough. Dominion is rough. I'd rather watch it. Yeah. All right. You're right. All right. Pet Cemetery also dog poop for me this year. Um, Insidious Red Door. I tried watching it three times and fell asleep every three times. So, uh, that that's going on my list. Um. The Pope's Exorcist is also going on my list. Uh, although I thought Russell Crowe, his performance was good, dude. His the rest of the movie was fucking hot turds. <laughs> the rest of the movie was hot turds, dude. That kid was just overacting and just trying to be Reagan so fucking much. You like you liked uh, Russell Crowe on a Vespa with his terrible accent being. Yeah, woman. it was bad. Yeah, yeah. It sounded like he was trying to do a bad fucking Mario impression the entire time. Yes. <laughs> He was trying to be Mario. That's his what he thinks Italians sound like. It's a me, the exorcist. Get out of your demons. the demons. Yeah, there's that one. And then um, as much as I love Rebecca McKendry, and you know, I love like Colors of the Dark. I and I love Glorious. I could not get into the fucking elevator game or whatever the shit that was. So terrible elevator game was awful and then i just wrote the nun 2 with a question mark i didn't even give that shit a chance but the first one was one of the first movies i one of the movies i hated more than any other movie so i just assumed that that one's bad tell me i'm wrong somebody tell me i'm wrong if i'm wrong if you haven't seen it it shouldn't be on your list dude but it has a That's question not fair mark. 
It has a question mark. Is this it shouldn't be on there? You don't well, know. That, that means that's what I'm saying. If it doesn't suck, let me know. But I have a feeling that it sucks. So, <laughs> so I didn't watch this. <laughs> well, uh, yeah. <laughs> as far as films that disappointed me, uh, I, I actually liked the Nun too. But then again, mm-hmm. I only liked it because of the cinematography, the the story, and everything else is kind of weak. And I don't remember the the first movie at all, uh, but I did love the cinematography from Nun Two. I'll check it but, out. Uh, to keep on going with movies that I already talked about, The Pope's Exorcist. I enjoyed Russell Crowe, but that's mainly because I think he's incredibly sexy. Other than that, it's kind of uh, it's yeah, it's not good. Uh, and then uh, there was an indie film that dropped on Tubi, and I really hate shitting on indie films, but this one had incredible an incredible poster that caught my interest, and I wanted to check it out. Then when I did, it was horrible. Called Phantom Fun Phantom Fun World. Do not watch Phantom Fun World. It is not fun. It is boring, boring, boring. I did not enjoy that at all. And then this is a movie that's probably the most de- de- divisive film of the year. And uh, I I think it's boring. I think it's dumb. I do not enjoy it. I sat through it because we did an episode about it. But it is Skinnamarink. Uh, yeah, no, do not like Skinnamarink. Uh, so I will say it's disappointed. I will not say it's the worst because I'm sure there are people out there that think of it as a masterpiece, but it's not for me <laughs> at all. Uh, but this is coming from a man who loves Renfield and Cocaine Bear. So, um, but with that being said, that's about it. That's our list for 2023. Basically, what we're saying is uh, When Evil Lurks is the best horror movie of the year. So, to Daphne, that's it, folks. Uh, but we had a blast this year sharing all our horror experiences with all of you out there in real vile land. And I hope you stay tuned for 2024 because baby, 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 it's just going to get more and more. Uh, what do you, you guys got any final words for the people out there in real vile land? Um, yeah, I'm looking forward to next year. What? I, I'm not sure what's coming up, but I'm sure we got some good shit. Go on, Chris, go on, talk. talk. I'm just saying, you know, microphones work when you talk into them. Um, <clears throat> Uh, looking forward to next year. Hopefully we have a good year of horror. Um, I'm wondering how all this uh, writer and actor strikes can affect what we see. Uh, but hopefully we got some good stuff coming up. Uh, we'll we'll see you. Well, apparently your list is in the new year. So happy new happy year. New. Happy New Year indeed, and I hope you enjoyed our list of our favorite and not-so-favorite movies of 2023. Keep it creepy, keep it spooky, and keep it real vile forever. 